that was a very wild episode. And yeah. it really shows me, I, I can't believe that you're even allowed to agree with me because it really just shows how, how we can get away from having fucking QAnon, these super <laughs> celebrities that you bring onto the show. <laughs> Between you and Q and Gravel, you try to like, like, like raise us above our level. You know, and that's cool sometimes. Like, it's nice to, it's like being in an abusive relationship. Except we're being, we're being abused by clout. You come in here, you fucking tease us with fucking QAnon, and he goes insane. And we do want to have Gravel on the show, right? Is that, oh, totally. Yes. Mary, what's the, um, I, 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 I've been getting reports from the, uh, Gravel compound that they're, they're looking into panning in the rivers. Because the they have a town over that has a has a spare radio, but they want uh, forty five grams of gold for it, so they're looking into how to get. That. <laughs> so, like, hopefully, good luck after, to the Gravel campaign. Of course, yeah, hopefully, of course. like at some time in the future, after we get Marianne on the show, we can also get Gravel. Um, listen, uh, one of the antidotes I think to like having candidate or candidates and cloudy people on the show is just to have like normal people on the show and like Lau was a yeah. really great guest because like when we talk about shit that's happening at the high level like we make fun of it but it, there's also like this air of fucking hopelessness yang is telling people we've got to fucking climb to the mountains and get the higher ground i mean it's very doomy out there so th- there there's lots of of inspiration i think in like finding like mm. regular people who are on the front lines against racism capitalism imperialism yeah. Yeah. All that kind of bullshit. Um, and actually, I was on online a, a, a couple of weeks ago and ran into someone who I thought would be really good to have on. Um, her name's Circa Flynn, and she is the author of a pending newsletter called The Revolutionary Star. Uh, it is a journal of veterans and military families that provide their own perspective on their interactions with the military in ways that uh, often go counter uh, to the popular narrative. And if, if she's here now, Circa, are you mm-hmm. on, on the line? Hi. Hi. Hey, we're happy to have you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, I'm happy to be here. Yes, welcome. Uh, this is Not Safe for Wonks, and I'm Kennedy. Uh, Brandon here. Lay Rose. And right. we have with us Circa. As we said, who, uh, yeah, you're you're kind of, um, you could be described. Sorry, forgive me in advance. As a as a sort of political foot soldier out there doing God. the <laughs> doing the doing the work on the ground um, in terms of like sort of uh, some very real world like organization and also um trying to get people's stories out there that aren't being necessarily told enough. And I think that's very interesting. We're very excited to have you here today. So thank you. Well, thanks yeah, for yeah. asking. So let's just start with the Revolutionary Star. Um, this is a upcoming publication. And maybe you could just tell me a little bit about what it is and uh, what you're what you're hoping to accomplish with it. It's a very edgy name. Like, I'm assuming that you're into Mao. I hear you're a third world Leninist, Marxist, Leninist, Maoist, and you're waiting for the, uh, the oppressed of the world to grab yeah. us in our houses. You, you, you tell us to read Settlers every other paragraph. 
Yeah, every uh, every sentence I have to call the audience fucking normies. So yeah, it's a burden. <laughs> it's it's a big burden being a uh, uh, being a Marxist Leninist Maoist. Yeah. So what? But but seriously, so where does what, where yeah, does the name come from? from? Where, where does the concept come from? So uh, the revolutionary star is uh, kind of a smart-ass response to the names of like regular military publications, like the Military Times, and a publication that I think went up until like nineteen eighty something called the Military Star. Uh, mm. And I figured since people were already uh, making the smart ass, are you trying to start a revolution? Uh, remarks i figured i mean fuck it i might as well just go completely on the nose here's here's the thing man you start trying to start a revolution ironically and that's how you know trump gets in the office (laughs) we started we started as a joke and then next thing you know i don't know like uh i i I started ironically burning down wall street you know it's just kind of happened where where along the line did this did this turn to unironic yeah. Um, yeah. When did when did you start feeling like you had to advocate? When did you realize there was more than what you had been presented in your life? Uh, I think I started being like vaguely aware of it when I was like twelve, thirteen, because uh, my family went through a lot of stuff with like uh, post traumatic stress disorder and like alcohol problems. From, like, the second I started kindergarten, it was just, like, constant propaganda. Like, not even just, like, the regular shit you get in the U.S., which is already pretty fucking extreme. But it was, like, God and country and fucking weird shit like that that you'd see on, like... What was that one cult where they all killed themselves? Jonestown? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it was, like death before dishonor and shit like that and you know most people would think that's a pretty fucking weird thing to be teaching to seven-year-olds you know um but you know i didn't question it i was like 13 and shit started popping off with like mental health problems um but you know i was like 13 so i still wasn't gonna question anything because i was still like Man, the military is so cool. And then mm-hmm. I hit 16 and I started like, you know, reading and shit and like asking questions because I was like shitty know-it-all teenager. But uh we had this one family. I don't think they were refugees, but they they were from the Middle East and their dad was like a contractor mm-hmm. for the military. And I want to. I don't want to reveal too much because I would give away who I am and who they are. But uh, they were. I want to say from Afghanistan. Uh, and it was like this girl was the first hijabi woman I had ever seen in my fucking life. So I was already like, mm. what the fuck is that? But uh, she she seemed grateful to be there, but she also was like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you fucking colonizers, which is true. <laughs> what was your first yeah. what was your first interaction with her like? Because if 
that was the interaction. That's a very woke interaction <laughs> for for a child. Um, mm. I think God, I was a fucking racist little shitbag up until like senior year of high school. So I probably said something nasty to her. Um, I know my ex boyfriend tried to like take her uh, headscarf from her, and I thought that was funny. Wow. Jesus, but. You know, there's, like, absolutely no excuse for that. I was, like, 16. I should have fucking known better. But, like, I thought that was funny. And then we got to junior year, and I actually started, like, not being a shithead. And so I got to talking to her, and she was pretty nice. Uh, She didn't really talk about her home that much, but it was pretty clear there was some resentment because. Like I said, had we not been in Afghanistan, she wouldn't be there in the first place. But we got to talking, and then she was talking about what it was like at home and how, you know, none of us were even old enough to remember the beginning of the Afghanistan war. Um, But we got to talking, and then she would talk about what it was like when she was a kid. And what her mother said it was like before they got there. And so it was two completely different things. And it was completely different from what I'd been told Afghanistan was like before the U.S. Mm, like I, I can imagine. Um, so it was like her mom didn't have to wear the hijab, but she wanted to anyway. And then fucking the U.S. was like... You you know, the U.S. can't keep their fucking fingers out of anything. Um, <laughs> but it got pretty ugly right before they got there because, you know, obviously the CIA was sticking their mitts where they don't belong, and like up before the invasion. But from what I'd heard, it was like always just this terrible, you know, women are oppressed. They're not allowed to even exist. They'll, uh, fuck, I, there's this one story I was told in, like, middle school about how, like, this guy went on, like, a mission trip, and, like, they stoned his wife to death or something, but, you know, I recently found out that never fucking happened. But, mm. <laughs> so, yeah. I think it, I can remember also being told a lot of that stuff when I was in school, just in regular school, like, uh, I feel like those kinds of stories were just, like, really common. Yeah, and then, just kind of normal propagandizing of our yeah. youth. And then it was a lot of stuff uh, like they want to kill military kids. So I was like, "Well, shit, they must be evil then, because we're like fucking Jesus's ass crack. We're just that great." <clears throat> but no, and then I got to talking to her, and so. You know, talking to people makes you actually think about stuff. Yeah. So I started, like, thinking. And then, you know, shit really started to pop off with, like, my uh, family's mental health and stuff like that. And I don't want to get too specific, but uh, right. it was, like, something was clearly really fucking wrong. But, you know, no matter where we went, there was just no help. So mm-hmm. I was, like... This is pretty fucking bullshit. And it was originally just this kind of woe is me type shit. 
And then I started like actually looking into the stories of people in Afghanistan. And I started reading about, uh, you know, the very atrocious war crimes that the U.S. has committed in the Middle mm-hmm. East. Uh, even in places where they say we're not technically at war. But that's, you know, you don't need to be at war with the U.S. for the U.S. to decide they don't like you. You know, you could just have, like, oil or something, and they'd be like, fuck that guy. Right. So, so long as you're, like, if, if you're not actively selling to the U.S. and selling at a, selling for cheap, then they don't like you. Yeah, I mean, shit, you could sneeze in the U.S.'s direction, and if you have, like, oil or, like, poppy fields, they'd be like, well, guess this is a reason for an invasion. Also, we have, like, installations and assets all over the world all the time. And, like, it's not hard for us to just, you know, sort of do these sort of, uh, I don't know what the exact word for it is, but sort of extra legal, and it would be one way to put it, I guess. Um, Uh, Extra judicial? Yeah, that as well. Yeah, extra judicial would be the better, yeah. Um, So, like, do these sort of extra judicial um, actions where we, you know, we haven't really like done the proper government governmental authorizations of any kind, and then the military is doing something anyway, and we don't even hear about it until years later. A lot of the time, yeah, shit, we don't even hear about it until years later, and fucking half the time we were involved. <laughs> <laughs> and I you mean know. that is true of of the of a military system like this, where we have soldiers that aren't politically educated. They don't know what they're doing a lot of times. They come back from missions and they say, I don't really know what I did. Yeah, or then, why they did it. Th- this is kind of why sometimes I lean towards like forgiving some individual soldiers because uh, sometimes they actually they did believe in the stated ideals of um, kind of we're doing this for liberty and we're doing this for freedom and they, you know, they were lied to. Yeah. And I mean, sure, they uh, when they start to come into contact with the, you know, the, the uh, firsthand contact with the objection, the very objectionable things that the U.S. Army does, that's when it gets kind of if they don't object to it, then then you're getting into dicey territory. But that's kind of why I don't want to, you know, universally condemn all soldiers. Yeah, there for are being there soldiers. are. Yeah, there are people on the left who are like, um, well, you know, if somebody goes and he joins the military for an education, they know they're going to either kill or be kill adjacent to the oppressed around the world. And like, those people are all very woke, I guess. I mean, congratulations to them. But like, it's it's, it's, it's the curse of knowledge. It's the curse of knowledge that when you get to us, when you get to a certain state in knowing how fucked the world is and the world is objectively fucked you assume that no you assume that no you assume that everyone else has that same exact base of knowledge and makes right. their decisions based on that and sure right. knowing what you know those people might not have gone into the military but they don't and that's kind of the the left need really needs to confront their curse of knowledge bias when they when it comes to condemning individual people it's yeah. so interesting that you say that because I was thinking sort of the same thing. A circle is talking about talking about like meeting, uh, 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 you know, her own classmates and stuff through uh, her high school. You know, I live in the South, 
and like you can have like really racist or racist adjacent views of people and sometimes it it, it relies on you interacting with a person and maybe knowing knowing them more and sometimes it's not even like knowing them more because like a lot of times you can be really hella racist and like be around black people all the time but just mm. knowing more in the sense of knowing aspects of that person that you didn't relate to before or didn't see the humanity in before so if you can imagine like circa like being a bitch to this person for like an entire year <laughs> and then the <laughs> next year afterwards it's like well fucking wait a second like all of us have pro have points where we gain knowledge of the shit that we didn't know in terms of our involvement in, in a system or our culpability in a system. And then like we, then it suddenly becomes our responsibility to decide whether we want to um, dive deeper into it and justify it and see that inhumanity and not care because we're Genghis Khan or to rationalize it away and, and make up stories and tell stories to ourselves about how we're in the right despite this injustice or to like go in a third direction which is to try to like restore this injustice uh and maybe we can't all do a perfect job of that but to try to restore this injustice and, and re again remembering that we're just all like bit players and the massive fucking wheel of the world right but to mm. try our best to turn that wheel backwards a little bit uh within our capacity um and I guess Circa, without like trying to elevate you as uh, an enlightened figure, like what do you think makes a person like what was inside you that lets you n stop when you realize mm -hmm. some shit was fucked up? Because a lot of people have know the same shit that you do. Like a lot of people went to school with that kid and are still assholes. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I would like to say that I talked to this girl and then suddenly I was woke. And, like, you know, I I definitely had a sudden, like, oh, shit, maybe I'm the bad guy type of situation. Yeah. But it was, I think I ended up radicalizing. It's like, it was selfish, the reason I did. And it was just, like, I was tired of the problems I was facing. And it wasn't until I, like, finally pulled my head out of my ass, like, last year and realized that hey, that girl you talked to in junior year wasn't the only person that was experiencing that. It wasn't, like, some fluke. Um, mm. And then it then I, it got kind of like, well, things are shit for me, but I was told that it was, like, for the good of other people. And then that turned out to be a fucking lie. So. Right. And I remember you talking to us about how... Um... Like, they would tell you as a kid that if you acted up, your parents would get in trouble, which yeah. was a huge mm -hmm. mind fuck for me. Like, they kind of exploit your, your feelings towards the other people around you to get your compliance or whatever. Yeah, like, uh, I'm going to pretty extreme lengths to, like, not put, like, any of my personal information out because uh, UCMJ doesn't technically apply to me. Right. But they absolutely will go after my family, even though they we'll, can't go after me. We'll definitely like run run the show through you and 
will edit anything and all that kind of bullshit. Mm. Although I don't think you've you've doxed yourself or anything. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, don't worry. Um, I'm kind of curious, uh, Circa, if um, when you started to sort of get more quote unquote woke, so to speak, <laughs> um, <clears throat> did you find that there were like other people in the system? that uh, related to you right away, or were you pretty isolated? Uh, it, oh, geez. Uh, I saw people that have the potential to, you know, kind of realize exactly what we're doing. But I think at this point, because I'm at the age where, like, you know, the kids I grew up with are now enlisting themselves. It's kind of at the point where we kind of know what we're doing. Like, yeah. at this point, you don't really have much of an excuse. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, everybody who's enlisting now is, like, really bad people. The people I know who are doing it is because uh, recruiters basically told us, point blank, it was either we could enlist like their parents or we could face the type, you know, the pretty severe poverty our parents joined to escape. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, I've met some people who are clearly not buying into this shit anymore. But this is very much, like I said earlier, this is a cult. Uh, you know, you speak out at your own risk. Um, but I do know people who are like, uh, they're the types that thought that fucking Eddie Gallagher was a cool dude. Like, yeah mm, and they've wow. joined too so i don't want people to think like all all people in the military are victims because that's just not fucking true but yeah. it's also kind of a a lot of people don't have a choice and it it's kind of clear that they know exactly how shitty the situation is too but nobody wants to rock the boat while we're still in it because you could lose literally everything like your friends your family health yeah, yeah. education uh yeah. she she can get ugly like really fast yeah uh definitely um, people, people who get on the wrong side of their military careers they don't tend to get a lot of second chances as we've seen you know in the media i also know this personally from uh, people that i've known but like yes yeah, People get ejected rapidly. Yeah, that that reminds me a lot of like the police. Like they cultivate a fear of people who are on the outside, and like you know, you're the only person you can rely on to come back home. That kind of shit. Mm. And um, mm. they they build that kind of insular mindset that they kind of use to dodge accountability. And their worst enemy isn't so much the public as it is somebody inside that organization, like stepping out of the indoctrination and saying that something is wrong. And then they kind of turn on that guy, like in the same way that, you know, the cops try to get, uh, police officers that, uh, speak out against cases of violence or, or things like that. Mm it gets fucking ugly and you've seen it with i think a few people who 
been in the military and tried to speak out or have spoken out and you know they got summarily kicked out and uh, dragged through the mud like the public sphere because the United States is almost as quote unquote patriotic as the military is and they don't like being told that they're potentially wrong so it's just easier to call the person who's saying something that you don't like wrong instead of like listening to them yeah, I mean, we, we kind of uh, uh, touched on that when talking about um, uh, your own, like, upbringing. And, and you were talking about how the thing that, that moved you was your own personal circumstances. And sometimes, yeah. like, unfortunately, the personal circumstances of, like, imperialism or whatever, it's hard for that to catch up with us as individuals. Because that stuff is very far away from us. Um, yeah. You know, we, you, you talked earlier about like how the military is, uh, kind of deified in the public, but just yeah. in my own experience, that doesn't translate to how troops are treated like in their material lives and like their regular real world conditions. Like the military is so often underfunded and under resourced. Like the, well, let me rephrase, the military industrial complex gets lots of funding and lots of resources, but actual soldiers do not, like, get as much. And as time's going on, they're getting less and less. We, so venerate, the, the, we venerate the concept of the soldier rather than the soldier themselves. In the action, it, that's yeah. really put exactly. So, like, what does that line up with your experience or was it different? Or was it the same or, you know? Uh, yeah, so I'm assuming, you know, anyone in the U.S. knows that April's the month of the military child or whatever, but... No, we don't know that at all. <laughs> I've never, okay. like, think about it, I've never watched any TV show was like, well, today's the month of the military child. That's like something they tell you guys internally, but it's yeah. never on a billboard, it's not on TV. I would guarantee, I would bet 95% of our audience, like, has never heard that phrase before. Well, so I guess I guess that really is something they've been telling us to get us shut the fuck up about, like, <laughs> like you know, approach the government, like, hey, are you gonna like clean the drinking water? And they're like, just shut up. We gave you a whole month. What more do you want? But so, yeah, April is the month of the military child, which cool, I I guess. But, you know, in that same month, you have people wearing purple and, like, talking about how happy they are for, like, troops and that fucking phrase, uh, kids serve too, which is the dumbest fucking Ugh. phrase. Ugh. <laughs> like, unless I you mean... count breathing as serving, then fucking I guess. But I mean, they sacrifice, that, I guess. I mean, everybody makes... I mean, Not willingly. Well, sure. I feel like it's the same thing that, uh, that military wives do, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I feel like it's a little bit different for them because, you know, you do marry somebody, you know, yeah. you know knowing what, what that situation yeah. is, and you, have kind, you kind of have signed on to make a sacrifice. I mean, alongside yeah. them. 
Yeah, yeah. I was born into a contract I never actually signed. So. <laughs> that's, that's very true. But, yeah, April is the month of the military child. But during that month, they wore purple and, like, talked about troops and their families and stuff. But I don't think I ever once heard anyone acknowledge the fact that the White House had attempted to cover up a... Well, I mean, the White House has been covering up for, like, since the 80s that the uh, drinking water on and around military bases has been contaminated with known carcinogens from a uh, the firefighting foam they use to cover le- up, like, chemical fires. Um, so I didn't even know about that until, like, two weeks ago when I was looking up some, like, symptoms of a health problem I'm having. And it was, like, it could stem from drinking contaminated water. And I was like, well, shit, that's not a problem for me. Um, But it turns out that was a problem for me because 126 bases in the United States and abroad have uh, shown high enough levels of this known carcinogen to uh, cause genuine concern for families' uh, health. And that... Wow. Uh, the White House called it a, I can't remember the exact quote, but they called it a potential uh, public nightmare if it were to get out. So they attempted to prevent the EPA from, you know, making that public. So I found out from a fucking Reddit post that, mm, you know, yeah. I've been drinking, I've been drinking cancer water. And then I grew up on a house, or I grew up in houses with, like, asbestos problems and, like, mold in the windows and around, uh, air, airline, what are they called? Uh, air runways, I guess. Right. Um, but these jet planes mm-hmm. are as loud as, like, a full-blown rock concert. Uh, from I think 150 yards away and the school I went to was about a thousand yards away um, so you'd think it wouldn't be too too bad but it was every single day on the hour every hour all year so uh, hearing Jesus. damage I've got, I've got some hearing problems but uh, you know you could, I guess, you could just pass those off as, like, you know, it comes with the territory, and, like, it would be not quite so bad if the U.S. military was doing stuff to make the situation better, but they're not, and they continuously defund things like the Department of Defense Education, uh, their education programs. Um, Betsy fucking DeVos is... God, fuck Betsy DeVos. That yeah, fucking... really. <laughs> um, we could do a whole episode on her, just her entire oh, totally. life story. So, under Betsy DeVos, there is a uh, bill called H.R. 610, and it's to repeal the Elementary and uh, Secondary Education Act of 1965, which would defund Title I programs which are the programs that give additional help to people struggling with, like, math and reading. Um, and the vast majority of uh, 
Department of Defense schools uh, rely pretty heavily on Title I funding. And she there's also a bill called H.R. 899, which would just completely eliminate the Department of Education. Uh, I don't think I even need to tell you guys how bad <laughs> that is. Yeah. Um, you can't I, just get homeschooled? What's happening? Well, she wants to, quote, unquote, provide money to military families to go to, like, charter schools and shit. Which, of course, she by that she means, like, Christian schools, because we're talking about Betsy DeVos here. She's never yeah. attended a public school, and her kids have never attended a public school. Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah, we can't have her good, rich children mixing with the fucking plebeians. With the pores. Yeah. Um, Those pores can be relegated to their own schools. We do not need to pay for them on a public dime. <laughs> That's actually a really perfect interpretation of, uh, uh, of her. I mean, she sounds exactly like that if you go on YouTube. Yeah. She really does sound a bit like a... Like someone trying to sound like a villain. Yeah, uh, I mean... God, she's an evil fucking bitch. God, you know what Betsy DeVos, when she's brought up, always reminds me of? So, you know, um... uh, You know the picture of, uh, Ruby Rose, was it? Who was kind of like an, an elementary school student heading into... Heading into the desegregated class for the first time, and there's like the uh, and she's being escorted by federal marshals, and there's the N word scrawled in graffiti on the wall. It's like an iconic picture of desegregation in the civil rights era. Mm. So a conservative, uh, a conservative uh, political comic writer, which is you know a, a great start to any sentence, <laughs> uh, redrew that, but with uh, Betsy DeVos as Ruby Rose. And uh, conservative instead of the N-word on the wall in graffiti. Holy shit. People really have no shame and no limits. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I I, uh, see or hear Betsy DeVos, I'm reminded of that comic and how fucking monumentally stupid it is. Some people should just be chased around with a a wiffle bat and then wiffle bat into abject submission <laughs> in non-fatal areas of their body. Um, Gosh. Yeah, uh, man. So, Circa, so what, what is happening within like the military in terms of people trying to organize any kind of like political action? Is there anything that's uh, is there anything that's kind of happening, or like what happens to people when they try to organize? Uh, usually they get arrested. Um, just like right away. What kind yeah. of organizing are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, what kind of organizing would provoke an arrest? Yeah. Are we just talking organizing? Like, are we just talking like just like putting up some posters and just being like, "Hey, fellow service members, do you want to have a conversation about improving our health care or something? Would that be um, enough to get me a visit?" Uh, I mean, if you're active duty, then probably because, you know, the UCMJ. Uh, sure. but right. I'm saying, like, if I was, not not actually me, but if I was a soldier, 
and I was on a base, living right. on a base, and I put up a poster just saying, hey, fellow soldiers, do you want to have a conversation about improving our health care? Well, yeah. Um, you, would that I, be, I mean, you guys remember... Um, would that be enough? That's all I'm trying to kind of get to the core of. Because I think that's a pretty innocuous I mean, you are kind of not allowed to do political advocacy. Like at all. Uh, I, 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 mean, if, I mean, if you remember that um, Marine, I think it was, that... Uh, had uh, t- took a picture of himself with his cap and un- uh, he had a piece of paper and it uh, said communism Berlin and he was uh, he was fired in like a kangaroo court for that and I think he's leading uh, oh, the so... I- I- eyes left now. Yeah, we're gonna get Cir- Yeah, we're gonna get Circa on eyes left. By the way, totally. <laughs> we're we're willing it into existence. We're visualizing it. Yes, That's right. We visualize the things that we want on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, we want trying, Circa and I left. Trying not oh. to get arrested. So. Oh god, that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. Yeah, because you know there are there are a hundred FBI agents uh, listening to that show, and like you, you go oh, on this one. Well, we, we don't oh, have a, we, don't, we don't have any uh, FBI agents yet. Fuck no. Um, what's what's the We're organization like? What's the organization like? Five tiers below the. We have Brooklyn Nine Nine listening to our show. <laughs> <laughs> They're barely paying attention. We've got Hitchcock and Scully on the case. <laughs> um, circa. Uh, I'm I'm curious in your mind, like, kind of what what would it take at this point? Do you think? For us, not necessarily to have a completely ethical, quote-unquote, military, but to, like, start taking some serious steps in that direction. Like, what would it take? In fact, we can, if you want, like, I don't know how big of a scale answer you want to give, but just completely divorced from the question of imperialism, if possible. Like, just what, what, what should regular people be doing to improve the living conditions? For people who are going yeah, through this right now. Uh, trying to come up with something I can say without landing myself into a metric fuck kind of trouble. Yeah, okay, take your well, time. We, we, take your this time is a podcast. It. It's not live. It's edited. <laughs> yeah. Take a moment and then answer. Yep. Uh, take two moments. Take take thirty seconds. Do whatever. I if you want to say, write a letter to your. No, I mean, at this point, we know full well that writing letters doesn't do jack shit. Um, Write to your congressman. But, but if you, if you want to give a slightly moderated answer, because it's, you know, a thing that somebody might find, we get it. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Do your thing. So, hmm, I think the first thing we would need to do is... I mean, first of all, the uh, budget for the military is fucking absurd. Um, So I think the first thing that would need to happen is accountability for the government agencies and the leaders of those agencies to, you know, actually have to face the consequences of the actions that they, you know, willed into existence. Like, um... 
I don't know if you guys remember uh, George uh, George H. W. Bush's. Uh, There's no weapons over here when referring to Iraq and the fact that he completely fucking lied about there being weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, um, and you know therefore essentially lying about why we were invading Iraq. Right. Um, so there needs to be accountability for that. Um, and then there needs to be accountability for soldiers who commit war crimes like Eddie Gallagher, um, which is absolutely not going to happen under our current political system because that behavior is essentially encouraged because, you know, the guy just fucking got off and the president congratulated him. I, I mean, I mean, with, uh, we have a law in the books right now that says if um, if if a U.S. service member is is being held by the International Criminal Court, we can invade we can invade Belgium and uh, storm the Hog to save them. Yeah. Um, so there's just straight up no accountability, like whatsoever. Um, and I don't, I don't want to get too in depth with like actual like military actions because I'm not really qualified to talk about that. Yeah. Um, but from like a domestic standpoint, we could try like I don't know actually listening to military families and stop defunding things like uh, the Department of Defense's education system and our mental health services, which take a hit pretty much every single year. Um, we can also stop electing people who openly disrespect Gold Star families and uh, people who are prisoners of war and, you know, isn't a draft-dodging pushy pussy. So, this guy fucking angers me because he's, he's talking about a war with Iran. But the guy got off with bones for, what, six times? Yeah, we were talking about Liz Cheney. And, yeah. You know, God. <laughs> yeah, for, she, for nine months and two days after the passed, law changes. They passed the Well, give the, give the context of that because people are like, yes. the law changed. What, what are they talking about? Well, the you know the law being that you know they they made it so that you you were draft exempt if you were married with children, specifically. And, and as soon so, as as soon as they changed it, Liz Cheney was born nine months and two days later. So, um, here was somebody that literally their their entire fucking life was 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 origi- originated around. Other people dying in your place. No, like, okay, yeah, draft dodging, but, like, other people dying in your place. And not, like, not even, like, being a conscientious objector or whatever. Like, hey, you punish me, whatever, I'm not going. But, like, eagerly just advocating for war while fucking other people. Refusing to go yourself. Yeah, oh, like, totally. And to kind of to kind of pivot a little bit, if you guys if you guys are cool. So, uh, what do you what do you think, Sergey, about the um, about the the candidates that are that are trying to rep their soldier credentials on uh, for for the president, being uh, Buttigieg and, and Gabbard? What do you, what do you think about what they're trying to do? Good question. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Do I have opinions on Tulsi Gabbard? 
Um, let's play a rip. Like we're we're you're here. We're we're live. So she's. I don't know much about Buttigieg, and at this point, I don't really care to. He's perhaps one of the dullest candidates I've ever seen in my fucking life. Um, wow. Which is saying something because we have Joe Biden running. But we. She has a habit of saying something that could be seen as like pro truth. But she's. God, she only ever uses the I was a truth card when she wants to like make you listen to what she says. Mm-hmm. And I mean, most people who end up in Congress and were in the military are going to do exactly that. Um, but I don't believe for a second that she would pull uh, the troops out of Afghanistan uh, because oh, totally. we're, we're totally. what, three, two presidents who said that they were going to pull troops out of, out of Afghanistan. Like, I think pretty much every single candidate since like 2008 has said they were going to pull troops out of Afghanistan. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like um, we're getting very close to people who um, people who were born after uh, 9/11 being being uh, serving in Afghanistan. Yep. Yeah, we're coming up pretty quickly on 18 years since the beginning of the Afghanistan war. Um, yeah. I was yeah. one when it happened, uh, so you know, a bunch of my friends have already enlisted and have gone through boot camp and are, I think some of them are deployed now, um, which is fucking ridiculous, because for now, this this doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon, no matter what any candidate says. So I don't really care what their credentials are. I don't believe for a damn second that they're going to move for any of the quote-unquote peace uh peacemaking movements that they say they're gonna do mm-hmm. uh, and call me a pessimist if you will but fucking my entire life has just been empty promises from politicians at this point i don't give a shit anymore they're not oh totally you have all you have you know you've earned the right to be skeptical and you know i i kind of yeah. agree with you in that nobody really except for maybe Sanders and uh, Marianne and maybe like Warren maybe is is actually going to pull out of Afghanistan yeah and even if any of the others were going to do it I don't have a single doubt in my mind that they would do it in a way that would cause such like catastrophic instability in the country I mean more than there already is when we invade. Oh, of course. Um, um, and then they're going to turn around and use that as a reason to invade all over again within the next five years. And I don't, I don't trust Williamson to pull out of Afghanistan either, but that can be a totally different debate and discussion. Yeah. Yeah, I think kinda, you need she's a kind of weak on foreign policy, to be honest. I, I, yeah. I think you need a lot of courage to get in the, get in the room with all those guys and they're all squeezing you to go and make the tough choice and be the be the make the hard decision and i also think obama they did the same thing to him you get yeah, in that yeah. room like you can say whatever you want when you're in front of people who you know are not interested in war but you're in that room with like 10 people and that's been their life specialty and they are interested more and they 
have a lot of tactics that they put you through, mm-hmm. and there aren't a lot of people who can just say no to every step of those tactics, um, especially if you don't have like a lot of experience in dealing with that. So I don't know. Well, and um, Circa, I'd especially be interested to hear your opinion on this, but as I understand it, like the whole Afghanistan thing is very economic in nature and has a lot to do with like rare metals and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's not just like we're there for some like relatively short term objective. We're there like with a goal of like long term kind of capturing some strategic resources. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. It is an occupation. Yeah. And, well, a lot of people like to see well a lot of people in the US like to see ourselves as like the judge jury and executioner um but they think it's i don't want to say for the right reasons because shit we're coming up on 20 years in, of occupation in Afghanistan at this point there is no right reason for us to be there anymore um yeah. but mm-hmm. p- uh People believe it's not because of money, but if you look at the people who are really pushing to keep us in Afghanistan, there are people who are making a lot of fucking money off of this. Um, and so it, like, jeez, uh, trying to come up with someone specific. Uh, what's his name? He's the the the. Secretary of not defense, I think Secretary of mm, fuck, I have to look that tons up. Of time. Cur- current or tons historic? Of time. Uh, current, because he's Trump's like left hand man. So Bolton, Bolton, Mattis. yeah, Bolton. Okay, start over, start over, and, and like, and say Trump's left hand man, John Bolton, because we're gonna so, edit. Uh, Trump's kind of like left or right hand man, depending on if you're comparing him to Mattis or not, is makes a lot of goddamn money off of this. Like, yeah, totally. And then you've got Betsy DeVos's brother, Eric Prince, who is the CEO. I think he's now just the owner because I think he stepped down as CEO of Blackwater. And he makes a lot of money off of this um, mm-hmm. because they're a. I don't want to. Technically, we're not supposed to call them mercenaries, but they're mercenaries. Yeah, they're a PMs. They're a private. Yeah. That is. The, yeah. That is. Yeah. Civility term. Uh, hey, uh, Leia, can you pull up? Uh, what is? What is? I believe she was referring to John Bolton. What are John yeah. Bolton's interests in uh, the Middle East? Because I'm looking I, at that right now. Let me see. I do know. I do know. And this is domestic. But John Kelly has a very large investment in the private prisons that are doing detention for people who are seeking asylum. And if you remember, John Kelly, Trump's former chief of staff, and he has like a very large stake in that business. Yeah. And it seems like every time you look at a really horrendous policy that's being carried out on the federal level, it's all going right to somebody's pockets that's in the gang. Yeah. Um, it's not like, you know, people, well, you know, it's a bad policy, but they were well-intentioned, um, or they just have reactionary ideas. Like that's for the average Republican voter. That's for the scrubs that are like at the very bottom of the totem pole and they will open their mouth and drink whatever falls from the sky. 
the really the real villains in the story are the people who like are counting on those people to serve their agenda because they don't care about the ideology like they got to look deep into it because they know what's going on and their goal is to get more money get more power get more clout so yes it's wild yeah it's it's no good you know, and, you know the clout, clout corrupts absolute clout corrupts absolutely oh jesus <laughs> we are going all the way back yeah it, it fits um <laughs> bolton bolton uh what, what do we figure anything out with bolton's ties to his um, i'm trying his, to but okay, i know it's not a rush there's nothing on his wikipedia page i just kind of control left afghanistan but like honestly you know, it can it can reasonably be assumed that he has economic ties to the occupation of, in Afghanistan. Yeah, definitely. You guys keep going. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this stuff since Halliburton. Now, you know. Yeah. Like this isn't and and Enron. I'll, I mean, this isn't new. Um, you know, to have these kind of blatant corporate ties, particularly to the Republican Party, but the Democrats are definitely not exempt. Um, you know, right off the top of my head comes like, you know, people like Nancy Pelosi and her pharmaceutical industry ties and how she won't pass health care. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it's, you know, so it's definitely not just a problem. Yeah. Of the right. But but particularly on the right, we have seen this really strong trend of like people with these blatant corporate ties getting into office. And just abusing them and Trump. You know, he wouldn't even like turn over any of his businesses or like do any of the stuff that's sort of expected um, of a president in order to sort of put the at least the bare image up of of resisting this type of corruption. Like he's made it very clear that like this is who he is. This kind of corruption is like that's his that's his lifeblood. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's no point in him even hiding it, since clearly the American public just doesn't give a shit. The people that support him like that about him, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That uh, brings around to how I was going to talk about how uh, I think about 60% of the United, like, enlisted military uh, voted for Donald Trump. And you would think that that wouldn't be a thing, because, you know, the guy is quite clearly full of shit and it's a draft dodger um and you would think people in the military wouldn't take too kindly to that but he's so blatantly fucking racist and you know his fucking like his thing with like brown people and muslims and like calling places in africa or i guess the entirety of africa a shithole um hit that kind of behavior I think almost justifies the sort of imperialist behavior to us because it it makes us think that maybe they're not the bad guy. Like, I don't want to say it makes them feel exactly like the good guy, but it makes it seem a little bit like some of the stuff we've done was justified. No, we were just talking yeah, about dehumanizes their enemies. Yeah. Yeah. How you know people? A lot of times, people kind of think that they're doing good things when they're doing bad things. You know? Yeah. Or they could know they're doing bad things, but for like a good purpose. Then it right. doesn't matter that it means to an end. Means to an end, yeah. Uh, 
but and then in those situations when when somebody does something fucked up it becomes like well i'm just being tough and that's why trump set uses that language so much we gotta we gotta be tough because like once you can't morally defend what you're doing anymore you have to like find a completely different framing for it and once you say well it's a tough world and i've got to do a tough thing you can justify basically fucking anything you can be fucking 24 in real life man you can plug people's yeah. nuts into the pliers and turn on the electricity or abduct people's kids or whatever the fuck you want to do once it's well i gotta be tough yeah it that reminds me of uh growing up especially when the whole scandal with uh abu Ghraib and uh guantanamo bay was just kind of breaking mm. um there were a lot of people trying to justify it with yeah that's a shitty thing to do but we're talking about terrorists here so it was kind of like, we're bad, but they're worse. Mm. So that automatically makes us good, I guess. Right. But um, it completely glazed over the fact that a lot of those people we were torturing were completely innocent. Yeah. Right. Like, the, 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 there's sort of a cyclical justification of um, if they're being tortured, like, um, like the U.S. is good. So if we're torturing people it's because they're bad and because we're punishing bad people, we're good. Yeah. 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 Kind of like, uh, torture's only good when we do it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We've hit a lot. Listen, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Well, 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 let's not end on like a depressing note. What, what are your, what are your goals for a revolutionary star? Um, in the next couple months and, and yeah, let's, let's who are you trying to reach? What are you trying to reach? Yeah. Uh, what are you trying to reach out to? So hopefully I'm going to get people to actually write in. Um, I've had one person show interest that wasn't threatening to murder me. Um, which is progress, I guess. But um, they... I've got one person who's planning on writing in. I'm hoping to reach more people because there's no way in hell I'm the only person who thinks like this. Oh, absolutely. Um, you can't be. Like, it's just, it's fucking impossible. And I know people are hesitant to talk about it because, you know, the consequences could be pretty severe. Um, but it's, like, I want people to know that uh, your submission can be as anonymous as you'd like. Um, if you don't want your name attached to it at all, I can do that. Um, but there are some people who are going to maybe want their name to be known as kind of like a, I don't know, like sticking it to the man. But I would advise, yeah. I would advise to keep it anonymous. Um, mm. But I'm hoping that it can reach more people and... Maybe someone won't feel so alone in this because I know yeah. I've, I've struggled with that. Point. Um, it and I want people to know that they're not bad. Like I don't think anyone is inherently evil, and being a part of this, whether willingly or not, um, a lot of people were lied to and. Yeah. I know I'm gonna I'm gonna catch massive shit for this from some of my more uh, hashtag woke 
uh, friends, but you can turn around and fix what you've done. Um, you're not evil for having done this. Um, you were lied to. Your recruiter lied yeah. to you. Uh, the military lied to you. Uh, a lot of us have been lied to our whole lives. Um, the point I want to get across is that you are doing something now. Um, and hopefully that can give someone just a little tiny bit of hope to keep pushing. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I really hope the uh, really hope the the website gets off the ground. Yeah, I I yeah. do want to say in terms of encouragement that I know from having friends that have served in the military that there are conversations happening behind closed doors about this injust these injustices and you know there are people that are in the military right now that don't necessarily agree with a lot of what's happening. And I think if you could give them a voice, I think they're out there, and that would be very powerful. Yeah, and yeah. Um, totally. And hopefully, we won't get shut down. So yeah, uh -huh. we're we're gonna link we're gonna link to your site when it's up in the show notes, and we'll. You know, I we'll have. I do have an email that people can submit to, and yeah, we can once the site, yeah, once the site gets up, I can put it there. Okay, do you want us to you want us to read the email on air or put it in the notes? Uh, like if, if it's something you want to change with time, we can put it yeah, in the notes. Yeah, we can put, we'll the put it in the notes. That's kind of safer the Yeah. Know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Well um Yeah. Well, yeah, check in the show notes yeah. if you've got something to contribute to uh the revolutionary star. Or yeah. Even, um, if, uh, even if you want to know how you can help, uh, I also have a poster campaign going on that uh, I don't want to get too much into yet yeah. because it's in its infancy. Yeah. But, uh, if you maybe don't want to like write, uh, eventually I'll start accepting like art and stuff like that. Yeah. Or, and of course, like, the or like you can. Uh, offer to like put up posters and stuff like you don't just have to submit an essay and of course the coolest mm -hmm. thing that you can offer is your cash <laughs> like, literally, like literally like literally like 30 bucks would, would go a long way based on what we talked about in private um yeah yeah yeah, yeah this is in. somebody i just want to say to the audience this is somebody who's doing real organizing and if you can support them with five bucks, do it. Like by all means, you know. Uh, I eventually I'll have a donation, a way to donate set up. But right now, I'm but even to now, like, you're you're gonna have all the expenses to get you to that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, get you know, get people to want to send you some money. Yeah. You work out the details later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and so this is this is a project that, in my opinion, is definitely worth supporting. The Revolutionary Star, uh, Circa. Thank you so much for joining us and telling us about uh, all the projects that you're absolutely, involved in. absolutely. Yeah. Thank, thanks for asking me to do this and, because I, and I don't think feel, I probably don't feel like you've got to like only come on when you have like you know your tale of woe. I mean, feel free to come. <laughs> Feel free to come back and talk about fucking any bullshit you feel like. Yeah, we'd love yeah. to be back yeah. after the Revolutionary Star goes live, and you know you can give us an update on how it's going. Yeah, that, that'd be cool. 
or just talk about uh, Michael Bennett's hair, whatever the fuck, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> just, just whatever, just whatever, whatever you'd like. Anyways, nah. uh, this has been a good episode. It's been really good kind of streak episodes we've been on. Yeah, we've got the Midas touch. Everything <laughs> touch. Thanks to go. But um, anyways, I believe we have been not safe for monks. Yeah, Brandon Buchanan. Laros. Bye-bye.